Hello, and welcome to the March for the Arts Voices podcast. I'm Liz Barker, and I'm joined by Becky Webb. And together, on this podcast, we talk to people about their experiences of the arts during the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis of 2020. Today, we are joined by Jacob and Alexi, who are both recent graduates from Alra North. When lockdown started in March, they were midway through their first year in the industry since graduating and were working on projects and opportunities that had to be cancelled or delayed due to lockdown. They are both performers and Jacob is also a poet and Alexi recently directed a sellout show at the Lowry where he works. They are also both members of Casino Improv. So hi guys, welcome. So first off, I just want you to just tell us a bit about yourselves and sort of how you got into the arts and what brought you to Aura. If you want to maybe start, Alexi, that'd be great. Yeah, sure, great. Um, hi, I'm Alexi. Um, I got into the arts, you know, as 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 we all do with a with a with a play in primary school where I was the pig bad wolf. And my head teacher praised me for it. And because I got validation, I was like, I can make a career out of this. I'm 11. I know what I want for my future. Um, and yeah, got into Alra after going to college, um, at Winstanley College in Wigan. Uh, there's very close links between those two uh, schools. Uh, didn't get in the first year, didn't get in the second year, and eventually got into the third year. So I had a little bit of time uh, between graduation and my formal training, um, absolutely smashed Alra, crushed it, couldn't have done it better. Um, that's a lie, I got a 2-1. I, I could empirically have done it better. Um, and yeah, I, I've, I've been out for a year now trying to make it work uh, here in the big bad world of the performing arts industry, uh, working at a theatre, doing all the bar jobs, all the waitering gigs, all the stereotypes that you can. Um, and yeah, I recently directed a show. Uh, tell me if I'm talking for too long, by the way. <laughs> Is this all? That's all right. We can always cut you Great. out. It's Good. fine. That's I'm fair. <laughs> I love it when we have fun jokes with each other. Um, yeah, I... I also love that you were like, I got out for a year and you made Alra sound like prison, Alexi. It's quite interesting. <laughs> I escaped the confines of the educational institution that is Alra North. Um, no, no, I, I got a lot of really good uh, training and advice. And what I loved about my Alra training specifically was that they weren't just trying to make us actors. They were trying to actively make us artists and to think about ourselves as creatives in more in a more multifaceted way in I think the way that you need to in the industry as it is currently where you can't just do one thing you can't just be an actor you have to also know how to make a show happen you have to know how to write a show and do a bit of directing and do a bit of like design work you have to be able to do all these extra little skills and I think that's something that I really uh, learned at Alra. Well thank you Alexi. Um, How about you Jacob what was your path yeah well uh, how do i follow that um, <laughs> so uh yeah i was um so i'm jacob uh, i'm from hull originally and so i mean similar to the way i was a um i did a few sort of little acting gigs when i was a a child i was, I was uh the 
I was the son of Macduff who was stabbed in the Tour of Macbeth. That was a that was always a classic. Father, he hath killed me was probably my first professional line. Um, so I did that uh, when I was about like seven or eight. I did the odd sort of like radio play and stuff. So it was always um, something I would I was going to pursue as an adult sort of post sixth form. I I was involved in Hull with a um, sort of like youth um, sort of. Uh, performing arts educational school and sort of theatre company that was called Napa and uh, that that was my first sort of experience of um, theatre and sort of creating art almost like professionally or to a professional standard and where I sort of learned about drama schools and all the different sort of like things and uh, paths that sort of one has to do in order to sort of like pursue a career in uh, sort of like uh, performing arts so then yeah i went to i took two years out similar to alexi just to sort of have fun really just sort of worked and went on holidays and did all the stuff and then went to drama school um i also went to alva north had a um had a great time at alra sort of i agree with everything alexi said about the sort of like creating artists thing i had a really good time i was very fortunate enough to um with with a very sort of like close-knit group of friends that sort of uh carried us all through Alra got involved with casino improv on the side and so we had this sort of like community based around our drama school which I really really enjoyed uh graduated and I was um extremely lucky I signed with uh, a great agent and I had a Christmas job sort of booked um before I graduated so uh what I was able to do was um put off that inevitable a bit so the sort of like empty abyss that comes with graduating drama school where you're like, okay, now I'll go get a, now I need to go get a job because I had a job lined up in Christmas. I was able to sort of be like, yeah, if I don't get a job in October, it's uh, sort of like September, October, it's okay because I've got a job to come to uh, in the end of October. So that was really nice. Um, and I also did a, I was cast as a small part in the new Russell T Davies drama boys um which sort of fit nicely in just before i did peter pan at christmas um so yeah i entered 2020 with sort of very high hopes i'd had a very good experience of the latter end of 2019 and the sort of the half of 2019 i was graduated for i'd done two jobs i was able to sort of make a living i'd I built up a sort of life in manchester where i had sort of like a b job i was doing um, a lot of medical role plays for the um, Greater Manchester uh, General Medical Council, and I was starting to get more and more of them. I was starting to get involved with other role play companies. I was going to go for an interview with another company that were based in London to do a lot of corporate acting for them. So I had like building blocks were in place where I was going to be able to, even when um, sort of like long term acting jobs weren't available, I was still going to be able to make a regular income from acting only which um was and still is the sort of like i'm like that's the sort of like dream to make a full living off the thing i spent so much money to train in um and then unfortunately as is the case for all of us uh society shut down and so a lot of that was cancelled and uh i haven't worked a day since <laughs> So with that, is is that how that has happened for you then? Basically, all of that work is cancelled. There's no, like with the London one, is that now just there's no 
idea of where yeah, that might happen? Well, so my um, so my interview for that one um, was it was in March. It was like March the eighteenth or something, and it meant getting a train. But that was before there'd been any official like lockdown announcement. Um, everything was just sort of it felt like rumor, but it was like rumor with a little bit of scientists saying the odd thing on social media and i was like and so i was so unsure about whether i could go to this uh sort of interview this audition i emailed and they were like it's still going ahead but we understand if you're not comfortable and then um at the time my flatmate had a sore throat and i was like can i go like i did uh and now i'm like the sore throat isn't even a symptom but at the time i was like i could be killing everyone on the train <laughs> like there was all this everything was so dramatic in my head because we knew so little about it that I couldn't in good conscious conscience get on a train and go to this interview so I sort of emailed and explained that and they were like that's fine um and they did assure me that once they were able to do sort of corporate acting gigs again then uh they would sort of like be back in contact uh so fingers crossed that that still happens whenever that may be um, but yeah, unfortunately, all the stuff, all the medical role play stuff, um, we're all self-employed contractors. So uh, when the exams stopped being able to happen, we stopped being able to book for work. Uh, they were they were nice enough to they paid us for ones that we'd already been booked for, um, which was very good of them. Uh, but I remember I remember waking up, uh, rolling over and looking at my phone, and had received an email saying that they'd cancelled all. Um, exams for the foreseeable future and I rolled over to the other side and signed up for universal credit (laughs) (laughs) so with your with your agent then as is it are you still signed how is that working are are they just on hiatus so yeah so again I've been very I've been very very lucky they um, sent an email out at the beginning um, just to sort of explain I had I was auditioning for a show uh, around March time and so like I auditioned and then obviously the show got cancelled so I didn't know whether I had the part or anything but I got an email off my agent then and were like just letting you know the show's been cancelled as is a lot of things like it looks like there's not going to be work for a while hang in there and they were really really nice they sent us an email out and were like um we want you to know that like we understand it's not it's not that you lot are getting work there's just no work so they all went on uh, I think a lot of them went on furlough. I don't know the ins and outs of how they worked within the agency, but they continued to represent me. They were able to, uh, they were, I was able to contact them all through lockdown. So stuff with the poem, uh, the so like when the when the poem I wrote made it onto the BBC, they sort of like published it on their social media and stuff. So they were very supportive, even though I wasn't getting them any money because we weren't being paid anything. Yeah, and Alexa, you work for the Lowry, that's right. Mm-hmm. So you um, obviously been working there, and you did the show with them. So they're quite a supportive company, and they've furloughed you. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I, I've I kind of got the the Lowry job pretty much as soon as I graduated, because uh, I knew I wanted to move to Manchester. Um, and around the same time, I was also getting like some like uh, like local stuff. Like I was I was doing a couple of like fringe productions um so i was kind of like i've been at the lowry for a while um nearly a year which is weird um 
it's weird how we've just had five months just ripped out of the schedule, isn't it? That's bizarre. Um, but yeah, I'm getting, I've been really lucky that I kind of got in with the Lowry and that they're kind of a larger, because they're a charity um, rather than a business. So there's a lot of like, I don't know how money works with charities, but they have some reserves in which they can support their local artists. Um, but bef- uh, before furlough and all that, we we had like, uh, me and a couple of the people that worked there, we all decided to get together and put on a show, um, which was like completely supported by the Lowry. They gave us the theater for like a really good rate. Um, they gave us free rehearsal rooms whenever we wanted them by which we just went into a room in the building, asked someone, was this being used? And then just like put up. So we were in like the classrooms for several rehearsals or a store cupboard. Um, But it was space that we didn't have to pay for. So that was great. Um, Otherwise known as standard rehearsal Yeah, exactly. I think this is just visions (laughs) of the rest of my career spreading out in front of me. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is this is the life. Um, but they were really. I I've rehearsed many a show in a churchyard before when there's been no rehearsal Ooh, space available. I really want to do one of those. That sounds cool. But yeah, so um, the Lowry is super supportive as an organization, and even before like the official furlough scheme was announced, they had already said that they were going to support everyone that worked there with some kind of like recurring payment. So I'm I've been very fortunate and lucky to be involved with the Lowry especially at this kind of like graduate time and like Jacob mentioned earlier there's this kind of sense of momentum when you come out of drama school and I think that it's really easy to be stopped and like there's so many hurdles that could happen where you just like have a couple dry months and you like kind of slow down your momentum so having like coming out of drama school doing two like fringe productions and then working on my own show I was kind of like keeping up momentum like I was waitering and i was bartending but at the very least i was working on a show and so we luckily the performance of the show i think was on the 2nd of march and then not two weeks later the entire country was locked down so we have you been able to keep up that momentum like with lockdown and stuff have you been doing things to um, keep going like how's that how's that felt for you uh for me i've kind of like taken it as a bit of a hiatus like i i wasn't feeling particularly motivated during lockdown i'm not gonna lie i was like not that i wasn't like i managed to keep up like i was doing a lot of healthy things for me i've i've been doing <laughs> i've been doing the artist's way um which is which has been a delight and i've i've literally this morning just finished my first full notebook of morning pages which was a very like big big moment for me lots of lots of this lots of enlightened uh looks going on but um yeah i've been doing things but i haven't been able to do things professionally and i haven't felt that professional momentum continuing because there is no theater's in a weird place and what i make and what we make is theater um and with no framework there to support us and no guarantee that the work that I'm good at making is going to come back in any real way. I've been really stunted and feeling like I've just been left with a lot of questions that I don't have answers for. Like I want to make and I want to create and I kind of want to do stuff, but I don't know what to make. And that's been a real like stumbling point for me. And again, I've been very lucky. I I signed with an agent um, on my way out of drama school. So I've got a, a good local agency 
uh, behind me. But again, like Jacob said, there's there's just no work to be given. Um, like now there's some more jobs coming through, but yeah, there's been very little um, creatively for me to work on throughout lockdown that wasn't just personal projects. So financially though, then with, with the furlough, has that has that been enough for you to live on? And obviously come October with that ending, I, it, what's your kind of financial, not to be too personal into it, but are you, is it a concern for you? Is it a worry? Uh, it's definitely a worry um, because I, I, again, like I've been lucky. My furlough actually has been enough for me to, to get by. And like, um, I live with my landlord. Uh, he's a mate of mine. So like he was very nice and like reduced rent for a while there just to help support us and help us get it through. Um, but yeah, so I've been lucky in that my furlough has been enough to live. Like I've, I've been fine. And I think that might have something to do with, you know, not as much creative impetus. Cause I'm like, there's some kind of barrier there. There's some safety net. Um, but yeah, come to the end of October, uh, I'm like, oh, what do I do? Because I work at a theatre, and if the theatre doesn't open for Christmas, well, then, you know. With no kind of structure to when theatres are going to come back, when we're going to even be able to perform, that is actually very possible to have a really strong impact on you. So, you know, is that uh, something that you've been, like, if you feel comfortable talking about it, is that something that is a concern or yeah. that you have been I mean I've definitely like... I've definitely over the past few months been considering other options outside of acting as a career like I have fully gone through the 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 rigmarole of what are my applicable skills <laughs> uh is being an office manager a, a career move that I could live with you know um like this idea of how can I use my creativity in a way that isn't acting because acting isn't consistent now like has been a real point of thought for me and this idea of if it's i mean obviously this is an extremely heightened version of the artist's life of being like we're uncertain if anything's gonna happen again um and just being like can i live with that comfortably is that the life that i want to live do i just want a job that although less creatively fulfilling gives me stability and safety um that's been a lot of the like back and forth i think been bopping around my mind at least um because i know that i can't live without it like i need to do this um but is there ways that i can do something else to get money and then just have this as my outside of work okay. thing yeah yeah it's a it is a sort of a real very real mm -hmm. sort of thing with how many people are potentially going to have to leave the industry with the way things are yeah. um but jacob I, I know alex has been furloughed and, and i'm not even going to diminish obviously yes you've been furloughed but the sort of stress that comes with that is very real and it's not a case of oh you're safe you've been furloughed that it that isn't that isn't what this is about um but jacob i know because you are self-employed and a recent graduate, um, it meant that you weren't entitled to the self-employment uh, income support scheme. Um, so can you talk to us just a little bit about like your situation and, and what has happened there? Yeah, yeah. so um, like I say, I uh, signed up for universal credit 
there, there was no I didn't even know what furlough meant at this point like I, I'd never heard it as a word um, so I all I saw was oh where's all my money going to come from I need I need to pay rent so I rolled over signed up for universal credit and um, they very quickly universal credit very quickly got back to me uh, with the sort of interview that's sort of like the standard practice interview and I just explained I was like I'm I, I'm gainfully self-employed or I was like I was making a living uh, off just self-employed work but all that work has now stopped and so they were like okay well we'll give you the support um, and like when jobs start coming back then um, then we'll sort of then that's when we'll talk about coming off universal credit which is nice of them I remember the uh, so then people start talking about this self-employed furlough and then being able to work it out from your um, from your sort of like tax tax return, uh, I'd never done one. Uh, my the, my first my first tax year um, self employed ended in April, and so this was before April. I was like, oh, I've I've never done one of these. They're not going to be able to know. So I sort of saw it coming, and I remember the uh, when sort of like Rishi Sunak uh, did the did the big announcement about the self employed furlough scheme, and that it wouldn't include sort of people like me that have just graduated and I remember someone asked a question about newly self-employed uh people and he was like we can't help everyone and so like they kept they kept doing this um like everyone they were like they kept throwing this uh oh uh it's gonna be helping 95% of the people and I was like okay good I'm the five percent um so I sort of I remember I was in like a that was probably the lowest point of lockdown uh, for me, just because um, there was that was the most uncertain. Like the actual, like the pandemic side of it was always like a constant anxiety. But that was like a time when, like, I was like, oh my god, like I've got no income. <laughs> like, how am I going to pay for anything here? So, um, but then I, I sort of, I had no other choice. I sort of at that time had to live with that i had universal credit which was covering my rent i was um very lucky that i came i went back to hull and sort of like um i had friends and family that would uh would sometimes chip in and get food for like the house and like not expect me to pay which is very extremely kind of them for that for the first month when it was particularly hard um so i was very very lucky and then uh it was just a case of right there's going to be no sort of government support what grants are out there what can i sort of do to financially help myself um so like i applied there was the arts council application i applied for that i was unsuccessful um i was uns i kind of expected to be unsuccessful uh and that's for for reasons like i i can't remember why at the minute but i remember seeing a few of the questions and i was like, i don't think i tick i'm not as vulnerable as i imagine the people that you are wanting to help here are uh but i what i was lucky enough to receive was the netflix um netflix grant where they were giving um for theater workers where they gave a thousand pounds to uh like successful applicants that had worked eight weeks of theater or more in 2019 so luckily I'd done that, applied and was successful. So that sort of grant has been able to tide me over for this last month at least. And um, 
like works slowly getting up again now as far as the general medical council go so i should be able to get an income going but there's been like it has been a case of universal credit and sort of like survive off that there's been has that been a feasible thing to survive off universal credit is that possible um it has been for me but i'm very aware that i'm a 24 year old who rents a shared i rented a shared house and now i rent a shared flat um i don't have any children to support i don't have um i don't have bills to i don't have massive bills to pay that aren't like electricity water like i don't have a car i don't have like other sort of like things i need to pay for that i so when it came to this and i knew that i was having to survive off universal credit i knew it was gonna have to be a case of right drop that drop paying for that drop paying for that um live off the bare minimum and so it's it's been possible because like there wasn't a lot of places to spend money in like april and may was there it was like nothing was open so i was able to save uh and sort of like get through it that way really uh so it was okay for me but i but it was just okay for me and i was probably in the best situation to survive that so i can't imagine what it's like for people who do have like kids to look after or there's two of them trying to keep a mortgage going like there's a lot of variables so quite interesting how we as a thing when you're like we're so very lucky you're so very lucky that you had family to buy food for you and it's like this is where we're at it's that we have to be so grateful when people can buy our food for us and it's like this that's not the way this should be you know it should be like our privilege shouldn't be someone can buy food for us our privilege should be i can cover my bills i can pay my rent i can live a life where i'm not anxious and scared about how i'm going to sort of pay for stuff it's quite interesting how that is now the shift i'm not denying privilege i'm just saying what we consider to be like grateful for is survival and it's like that that's not the way we all should be um but with that then with your experiences is there anything that you would want to say to the government that you want or want people to know about or be aware of of the situation where i think a lot of people might be thinking well, it's just theatres they just they've just closed and they're not doing anything or you know they're just they'll be fine next year is there anything where you're like actually no this is this is what is happening or i would like to know what you were going to do or things that you want to know things that you're thinking or feeling alexi um <clears throat> i think i want people to know that theater is a very delicate ecosystem that works off a lot of goodwill and people doing things because they love it and we can only do that because we eat the bare minimum of the systems that we created and when we don't have those systems because they're not supported by the government and they're not able to be supported by patrons and just the people that live and breathe this stuff because we don't have day jobs anymore it's not going to work um and i don't think that people quite appreciate the amount of time and love and dedication and sacrifice that goes into 
making the things that they enjoy and care about. Um, so I want people to know that it's precarious and I want people to know that this is a time in which we need to prioritize culture and support and general love and looking after people rather than caring about other stuff. God, I was so close. I was so close to having a nice button on that point. Oh, well. Consumerism is maybe what you were yeah. going for. I think maybe there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to put words in there. No, do, because I didn't but, um... have any. <laughs> yeah but it was it was it was it was very beautiful so thank you uh what about you jacob um yeah i think i'd i'd sort of beg um beg that's a a choice of word um the sort of government to recognize the theater sort of like uh lives beyond this top tier especially uh so um i know like a lot of the sort of more public like you see pictures of oliver dowden stood in the globe looking all like uh like melancholy um and uh so like and while yes okay so this like with this top tier of theater like the jewel in england's crown or whatever like we like love them support them they're a great resource yes but there's like then we go to there's like regional theaters that need that are gonna need uh help too because like the royal exchange has made 60 percent of its staff redundant 60 percent of uh one of the sort of like the most incredible regional theaters in the country have have been made redundant because of a lack of government support and funding even further down than that sort of like uh smaller arts venues we've got um sort of like performing arts groups outside of schools that uh not only are so important for sort of training a next generation of performers and creatives and uh, event staff and um they're so they're so so extremely important for a lot of young people's mental health uh it's there's so i don't think it can be understated how most if not all creatives i've spoken to have expressed um struggles with mental health as far as like uh, their experiences of school of like sort of generic education of life and almost every time you hear the same thing oh but i had this class i did on a thursday night or i had this group i'd go to after school or i did this saturday morning thing and that was their saving grace and that was like that is so exceptionally important and without that i feel like we're going to lose a lot more than jobs i think you're totally right i know liz has the same experience as well of growing up of um uh, drama schools and stuff and understanding that these are the organizations that don't have venues as it were so they're not sort of eligible um for a lot of the grants and schemes but they are vital to the nurturing and even even for people that aren't going to go into the arts these groups create rounded people and are valuable um to create wonderful humans and it's they're so vital but because they're seen as soft subjects it's sort of like dismissed but yeah you're right they are so so incredibly vital both for the ecosystem of of theater but also i think to the ecosystem of life 
Yeah, I went there. Yeah. I went there. <laughs> I love it. Let's talk about ecosystems yeah. more. That's that's where I went. Um, I uh, I wrote a um, I wrote a blog post for our website last night, and I used the uh, analogy that the uh, the live arts and live entertainment industry is a uh, a very delicate house of cards, and if you don't save all the cards, you do not save the house. And I I really oh. it was like nearly midnight, and I was typing this blog, and I was like, I've gone too far here. This is this is too much. Perfect. Yeah, but then I read it, and I was like, Oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> um but that that's where we are um thank you so much guys thank you uh we appreciate you obviously coming in and and talking about it especially as well not everything is going to be easy to talk about because it's quite a a difficult time so we appreciate you sharing that um with us um is there anything else like is there i know you did your poem in lockdown what can someone access that anywhere jacob where can people find that um yeah so it's on uh on my twitter uh jacob 96 butler and um it's also on youtube um it's called poem 19 by jacob butler it's just a poem i wrote about my experience at the beginning of lockdown about what i was sort of observing about the people around me and what we were all how we were all sort of coping and living through lockdown i sort of i wrote that um and i sort of partnered up with a incredible musician I know from Hull called Andrew Siddle who wrote an original piece of music to underscore it um, and then we made a film like it was a really sort of um, nice creative experience for me and something that sort of kept me going for sort of the early parts of lockdown so yeah that's on YouTube uh, I do believe it's also on still on BBC iPlayer as part of um, the uh, BBC uh, the BBC upload festival um, it was on the Sunday in the uh, Writer's Tent show. It's on there as well. Lovely, thank you. And Alexia, I think, are you working on a new podcast with someone? Is that what is happening with you? Or um, is there... I don't know. Haven't I mean, that like, up. that was, uh, there's there's something that's going to happen somewhere down the line, but I've got nothing to talk mm-hmm. about. But if you want to follow me uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Alexi was here. You can see the tweets that I like because I never tweet or retweet, or you can see me occasionally upload something to do with D&D on my Instagram story. And that's it. That's all the content that I produce these days. That's all right. That's okay. It's not about having to produce content. It's about being you and, and doing what you need to do. So D&D fans, for example, then can follow Liz as a, a, a DM as well. Um, follow you on Instagram. Thank you for listening to the March for the Arts Voices podcast. The Voices Project is an open platform for anyone who is involved in any way with the arts to share their thoughts, feelings and experiences of art in the current crisis. If you would like to participate and share your voice, you can find out how to do that by visiting our website www.marchfortheartscom If you have enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review, subscribe or share.